Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast Casual Friday. I'm going to get right into it today because this feels like a normal show to me. So if you listened earlier this week, Joe, I don't even know. Joe Yurden, of course, joins me Casual Friday. I don't even know if you know who this guy is. Fans on Twitter certainly do. He's known as one of the biggest trolls ever. Barry McCockiner. Obviously, that's a, a, a fake name, but this guy, I don't I know mean, how much I hope you, it's a fake. I hope it's a fake name. It is. Otherwise, it's very name. unfortunate. This guy has built up Twitter followings of 100,000 or more several times. He always ends up getting suspended. He pretends he's someone else and does some fake reporting. Anyway, a, a uh, polarizing figure on social media, the, the world's biggest Tom Brady hater. And, uh, you know, he actually, when we talk sports, which is what I do when I have him on, he actually knows what he's talking about. You're like the troll shit aside. Anyway, it was a, a wild uh, show on Tuesday. Lots of hot takes, but not even so much that. It was just lots of reaction from fans because, again, either you fucking love or hate this guy. And I know people on both sides of the fence, but it was... It was fun. It was different. This feels more normal. This Joe Yurden being on Casual Friday is much more in my comfort zone. I'm not, I'm not on edge every time I open my mouth or or Joe opens his. I'm not concerned about what he might say, which is a good thing, by the way. What's going I mean, on, man? I, I was going to say, you don't have to worry about this possibly being the last airing of a show if it's... <laughs> if, if it's me talking, I will say uh, a very good friend of mine who, who, who listens, listens to this show and, and all of your podcasts. So I'm just, I'm just put that out there. But every time you have Barry on, he, he passes very hard on it. He, I, he hates him. Like he's, and to me, like even sometimes to me, he's like, you got to ask Pat why he keeps having this guy on. I can't stand it. And I was just like, I was like, dude, I don't know. I'm not running the show. Not my show. Let, to me, run. Quick, let me quickly address that. I'll address that right now to him. And to everyone out there listening, and by the way, he is far from the only one. There are sports <laughs> media people. I'm not going to name them, but they, not so much this time, but I, cause he's been on a couple of times. They've mm. sent me DMs straight up, told me in the past, I can't retweet this. I'm not going to help promote this episode. The guy's a fucking asshole. He's a troll. And he is, he yep. is, I get it. But for everyone out there who does want to know, I'm going to tell you straight up, Joe, sometimes you got to be a sellout and for all <laughs> For all the criticisms of this guy, which again, for the most part, I think they're very fair and accurate. Although I will say he actually does have some really good, solid sports takes. He really, truly does. Like we talked Cincinnati Bengals. We talked about a lot of teams on Tuesday and it wasn't about, you know, his, his goose and his trolls and, and shit like that. Of course he has those as well. But anyway, to answer that question that, that, that your buddy had, I'll tell you when he's on the numbers soar. And every now and then, if you're going to have a podcast, if you're going to have a TV show, if you're going to have a radio show, whatever you're going to have, if you're going to do whatever, man, he equals 
ratings. So what was that in wrestling? I can't remember the wrestler's name. Is it's escaping me right now. Oh, you used to always say he equals ratings. You know what it makes me think of is uh, the scene in Howard Stern's Private Parts, the movie where uh, it's the radio, the NBC radio executives go, digging into his ratings and like, and it's pig vomit, and he's like, "Why the hell are his ratings so good?" And they say, "Well, he said, well, X number of percent of people that are listening, that that like listening to him." that like Howard Stern say they want to hear what he has to say next. And like, well, what about the other people? They say, well, they, they listen twice as long. What, what the hell? They hate him. Why? Well, they also want to hear what he's going to say next. So yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's out of that. And you know what? Like not to defend anything that he said. And I, I'll, you know, I've seen some of his tweets and I'm just like, oh boy. Okay. But like, right. This, isn't this basically what the internet's turned into? Like Twitter's that way. Like every day, the whole thing on Twitter is like, don't become the, the main character of Twitter for the day because it turns into a slam dunk show, a slam dunk contest where everybody's just taking the turns, you know, shitting on your head. And it's like, yeah, they might deserve it. But also like, can't we just ignore it? <laughs> like, can we just, can't we just let like shitty takes die and, and go and hide away somewhere? Or do we have to be like, can you believe this guy said that? And then everybody's putting, you know, like everybody's saying that. And then it's like, well, cool. His awful terrible opinion is now being seen by twice as many people who normally wouldn't have congrats that's that's the thing though about him and and again i'm not really defending a lot of at least some of the shit he does because it's indefensible his some of his tweets Mm -hmm. but he's not it's it's not totally like that like i said when he's talking sports he's actually really good man at least with football anyway so anyway it is what it is man I, i personally this is my podcast and i like i like having to do it on because a, I, I have good conversations with him. He, I like getting outside perspective on the Bills, which, again, I put up a clip earlier this week. I, I, I thought he had really good perspective on the Bills, and, you know, whatever. There's new subscribers right now. I've, I've noticed that. So for all you guys out there listening to this show for the first time with not Barry McCockner, what's going on? My man Joe Yernan is a sports writer, sports media personality, has his own Substack now, noted hockey. That's a lot of fun to follow. So welcome everybody, and let's just let's dive right in. Obviously, this is a Bills and Sabers mainly podcast, but Casual Friday we talk about some other stuff more. I'm going to tell you this though because I'm a little bit on a pitch count today. So next week we're going to dive into a few things on the serious side. I want to talk, and we talked for a few minutes before we started taping mm-hmm. today. I want to educate myself a little bit more fully on everything going on. But obviously, with the Chicago Blackhawks, and that's no joking matter. That's something really mm-hmm. serious. I know it's something that you're passionate about. I could tell just from our brief conversation before we started taping, but I don't want to dive into a conversation that I'm not knowledgeable enough on yet. So I want to hold off on that to next week. I'll learn more facts, but I definitely want to get some takes from you on that. Then on the lighter side, I got an Instapot this week. All right. And I don't know if you have one. This shit has literally changed my life. An Instapot is changing my life for the better. It's unbelievable, dude. This thing is like my new favorite toy on the face of this earth. You see, I, I've heard all about these and I mean, I, you, you go into every store and there's like 500 different Instapot cookbooks. And I'm just kind of like, what the hell is, what's the deal with these things? Like I have a, I have a rice cooker that works as a, as a slow cooker, which mm-hmm. it's fine. That, that takes care of everything that I need. Um, but the air fryer seems to be just like throw everything into a pot, lock it down. And 15 minutes later, you've got like a perfect meal. And I'm like, that seems too easy. It's I don't not. believe it. <laughs> I found out. I'm telling you again. I want to. I don't want to deep dive into the world of Instapots this week. Maybe we'll save that for next week too. But I will tell you this: I had 
my daughter over my daughter, her boyfriend. We had four four people. So we had, I do a couple pieces of chicken in the city. You got to do a couple things. And again, I'll talk about more of that next week. But it, it is true. 15 minutes in that thing, perfect meal, dude. Shredded chicken too. Oh, on sandwiches, almost like pulled pork. So, 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 so. I haven't good, had lunch man. yet. So, uh, if you hear any grum- <laughs> if you hear any grumbling, that's my stomach. It may not be the sirens on the west side, but it'll definitely be my stomach. Perfect segue to what I wanted to dive into. So, we're talking Buffalo Sabers right now, and you said lunchtime. We tape our show typically anyway on Thursdays during the early afternoon. So, the Buffalo Sabers, as of right now, as of this taping, are four and one and one. Um, they play late tonight, Thursday night. People will be listening to this on Friday. Sabres after dark. Anaheim, start of a West Coast road trip, a four-game swing. So l- l- let me start here, man. I-, I don't think, I don't think you think, and I'm going to ask you right now, I don't, I don't think 4-1-1 <laughs> one one every half dozen games is is really sustainable by a long shot. But I can after six games now. And by the way, I've watched, and this is God's honest truth, Joe, I've watched more of these first six games than I probably watched because you and I were doing this podcast when they were still playing last season too. Mm-hmm. I probably have watched more of these first six games than I probably did 15 or 20 games near the end of last season when we, you and I would talk and I would basically just ask you questions and fake my way to shit because I really wasn't, <laughs> literally wasn't even watching the games. I'm watching them now and I can see after six games, they're fun to watch, man. It's a fun team to watch right now. They're extremely competitive, not mm-hmm. necessarily talented. And I think we saw that against Boston. They're one loss this year, but they're very competitive. And uh, you know, talk about this start a little bit. It's just there's something about Don Granado to me. He It feels to me, and maybe you can elaborate on this a little bit. He's got that like Sean McDermott vibe. Like he, players like respect, and I'm talking about with McDermott and I'm seeing it with Granado. Mm-hmm. I, I think anyway, I think these players respect the coach. I think, I think he's a respected voice. Like when he talks, when he does his, you know, whether it's to the media and I feel like in the locker room, when he says something, it's, it's respected, disciplined coach, very culture oriented. And these are all like Sean McDermott traits. I'm, I'm kind of feel like I'm seeing a little bit of, of that in Granado. So talk about that a little bit. And like I said, just this start now, four, one and one in their first six. See, I, I, I know that's going to be the natural comparison just because it's Buffalo and sure. I get it. Like that, that's, that's going to be it. I see them as completely different types of coaches. Um, McDermott, I see as, as a deadly football, serious dude, like every presser with him, you know, pressers I've been in, you know, where he's speaking or that I'm, you know, I see on, you know, I see online. And I'm just kind of like, man, like, take a joke, like make a joke occasionally, you know, get every, you know, get everybody kind of like cracking up. Like it's okay to smile, man. Like sure. Not every, like that dude is just wired football 24, seven, 365. Like, I mean, lots of football people are like that, but like with him, it's just, he's so zeroed in. And it's like, I, I feel like if you took him to a, to a stand up comedian, he might be like, that's funny. And he wouldn't oh. laugh, but he would just be like, that's really funny. Like, you can laugh, man. Like it's, it's okay. Like <laughs> cut loose. Like it, These jokes are really good. Like I, I, I just, I see him as that, like, as that kind of dude, Don Granado strikes me as like a TV dad and like a classic TV dad where he's got the sense of humor. He's pretty laid back and cool. Like, you know, like uh, Mr. Brady, like not, <clears throat> not to, not to go back to like the Brady bunch, but like maybe like the Brady bunch movie where it's Gary Cole playing the Brady bunch mm-hmm. dad where he's just 
really chill, really relaxed. But like Don's as serious about hockey as McDermott is about football. He just does not go about it in the same way. And his approach, and you know, I, I can't say that I know how, how Sean McDermott approaches the players if he's if he's the same sort of like guiding hand type where he's more like, hey, let me show you what, you know, let me gets down to like the, you know, the nuts and bolts of everything and just says, hey, let's do this. Like Don Granado is a big practice guy. He's a big hands-on coach guy. He wants to get it. He wants to get you going right. And he wants to get everybody on the same page, but he does it like not in a way where it's like, it's my system or the highway like that. That doesn't seem to be how he rolls. Like, you know, every coach has a system, but for him, it's like, okay, well, this guy, what we're doing here might not work best for him. So let's tweak this line. Let's, let's, let's play more to that guy's strengths. Let's try to do that. And he's got like different strategies and and things where it's, you know, he, he think he's got the freedom to be able to do that this year because I think it's a carte blanche year because there are zero expectations for how this, how this team's going to do. So he can do weird shit if he wants to, but like, he's such a guy, he's, he's such a nerd about coaching. I say that in the best way. Like, you know, when I call myself a nerd, I mean that in the best way. Might be a little self-deprecating, but I mean it like in a very (laughs) harmless, harmless, like fun way. And like, that's Don Granato. Like there are coaching conferences. He's like, he's going to them all the, like he would go to them all the time and make presentations and do things. And it's just kind of like, wow, man, this guy is in, like this guy is in on coaching. And I think that's the big difference with him because I think he's got a much more cuddly personality. Um, I think some of the stuff that he's gone through, you know, like uh, when the COVID stuff started up and he had pneumonia and he almost died in the hospital a couple of years ago. And, you know, he came back and he was just like, man, that was scary. Like, really? Like, okay. And then, you know, he broke down like, you know, what went into it and how sudden it, you know, it was for, you know, that came up and it was just kind of like, whoa, dude. Okay. That's, that's scary. He's like, he told us about like calling his brother, Tony, Tony Granato, famous NHLer, coach, everything. Sure. And about how, like, hey, man, uh, just let you know, uh, they're, they're taking me in, and uh, hopefully I'll get to talk to you later. Like, just kind of, like, rolling with it, like, but he's scared, but also, like, he's just kind of like, all right, like, let's, okay, I got to deal with this. Like, to have that kind of just, to be able to be focused and to just be kind of, like, cool, like, cool under pressure is, that's very rare. And, like, we saw him, uh, what game was it? I don't, I don't. I think it was the Vancouver game, and we saw him get loud on the bench. We saw him kind of barking some stuff out. I was like, "Ooh, okay." We don't see that happen too often. Team responded right away, though, because you know why? Because he's not screaming at them every day. He's not busting their balls every day. It's the classic dad thing, where like, if you got a dad who plays a cool all the time, and then suddenly he's like, "Hey, what the hell are you doing?" Like, you're just like, "Oh shit." We did wrong. We better fix what we did wrong here. Like it's it's that kind of thing where like if he gets mad, then you know you fucked up. <laughs> like <laughs> like if you get on it, like if you've made him upset, then it's just like oh man, we we got to fix that. We we don't we we can't have this guy mad at us all day. That sucks. <laughs> you know what's funny when you were talking about uh, the differences, and you were just I've been Sean McDermott. You know what? Like he won't laugh. They would say you know that's funny. In my mind, my mind permanently operates in a in a pop culture mentality, whether it's TV, music, or or movies, as evidenced by most of the starting <laughs> fives that we do every week, the topics. I don't know if you ever watched the TV show Scrubs when it was on 
I'm not sure if you were a fan of the show. Mm, occasionally. I wasn't a huge fan, but I'd see it. Okay. Well, anyway, um, JD, that was the main character. Yep. He, he dated, well, I don't remember the character's name, but it was played by Mandy Moore. And mm. his turnoff, like why he ended up breaking up with her, he couldn't deal with her, was because no matter how funny something was, she would never laugh. And like she would watch a TV show and he would laugh because it would be something funny. And she would just say, that's so funny. Oh my God, that's so funny. She would, no matter what, it would be, that's funny. That's so funny. She never actually physically laughed. She would just say, that's so funny. And I just, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, I, I don't know, completely off the beaten path there. But anyway, it, it was funny. I just thought of that scrub thing. That's so funny. It, it made me think of a similar thing in Seinfeld where Jerry dated a girl that like never laughed at anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, yeah, start, yeah. he started doing his routine and, he, and she was just like, yeah, that's really funny. And he was just like, what am I doing wrong? I can't yeah, deal with this. That was one of the early one episodes. I actually remember that. In fact, I've seen that episode recently. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that you're you're right too, by the way. Uh in all seriousness. That that there are some differences. I I I I compare them similarly just in terms of the respect I think that they get from their players. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of personality, I I think you're hundred percent spot on. Let me let me say this too. And I want to know if you agree with this. I don't think this year is about winning. Uh, for the Sabres, to be honest. And mm -hmm. I think, and you talk to fans constantly on, on Twitter. You interact with fans a lot. Do you kind of get that vibe? I, I think it's more about, I think this year is more about establishing like uh, like credibility. Credibility mm -hmm. with this fan base. Credibility in this town. Credibility like around the rest of the league. Credibility like in the locker room on and and, and off and off the ice. Like I mean, I, I think that man, at the end of the day, the, you know, the fans are the one who buy the tickets. You know, the, mm -hmm. the fans are the one who buy the jerseys and the merchandise and all that crap. And prior to like this season, or maybe Granado taking over last year, I'm not sure in my life. And we've talked about this before. I'm not sure I've ever seen this fan base down on the Sabers, and they've had some lousy teams through the years. Nothing like mm -hmm. we've seen for the last ten years now. But I've never seen this fan base more down on this team. So I feel like this season it's maybe, I mean, winning is awesome as long as it, you know, while it lasts, but I think it's more about winning or is not as much about winning as it is about getting some of that credibility back. Do you agree mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. I think they've, there's a, they have to do a lot to get people back on their side because everybody is so pissed about everything. And for good reasons, like, they promised, you know, hey, we're going to get it right. The, you know, it started with Darcy, you know, like there's going to be some suffering, but we're going to rebuild. Them. Okay. And they start doing that and you're like, okay, I, maybe I can see where they're going here. And then, you know, they bring in Ted Nolan, they bring in Pat LaFontaine and you're like, okay, here we go. This, this is the real deal. Let's, let's do this. And then, you know, you know, Pat brings in Tim Murray, then Pat LaFontaine leaves. And then everybody's like, okay, what do we, okay. Yeah. All right. Ted Nolan. Yeah. We still love him. Yeah, it's great. And you know, then the whole, you know, the tankier thing, they get Eichel and it's like, all right, here we go. Now it's the real deal. Then they fire Ted and it's like, okay, Ted was just here to lose. Okay, great. Cool. Let's, let's move on. Oh, Dan Bilesma. He won a Stanley cup. Great. You know, penguins are always great for him. Cool. Like this is going to work. And then it didn't work. And then it was, then, then like what two years, like Bottrell comes in, you know, they fire, they fire Murray, Bottrell comes in, they bring in Housley and it's like, all right, cool. And then Housley's first year, they were still not good. And you're like, okay, I guess we're starting over again. And then that mini rebuild lasted a year, maybe two. And then like this, this off season happened and it's like, all right, like fool us once, shame on me. Fool us twice, shame on you. 
try to fool us a third time. Hey, get fucked, pal. Like we're not like that. That's enough already. Like yeah. come back to me when you're winning like that. At that point, I think it's justified. Like that's and that that's kind of where they're at right now. And I mean, hey, keep the good vibes going as much as you can, because, you know, you know, the talent, the, the, the lack of talent is going to catch up to them. Sure. And they've I got so. like, what, 16 guys on like uh, one year deals this year. So like it's something insane like that, like guys who aren't on ELCs, like the rest of all the veteran guys are like, we got, they got like a year left or they're free agents next summer. So it's like, there's going to be trades. <laughs> like, they're going to be moving some guys out. They're going to get some more picks. Like that's the plan. Like I, I get it. But yeah. like, but like, if you keep it positive, you keep people just being entertained. That's the thing. And like, that's the thing Granado said from the start. He's like, you know, Hey, listen, we're, you know, we were playing really boring hockey before. He's like, we're not, we're not, I'm not about that. He's like, I like entertaining hockey so far. So good. It has been for sure. I think when it comes to the fans being more down on the team, everything you said, which a hundred percent agree with all of it. I, was, I, I think, I think the tank was the boiling point. I think a lot of fans who didn't want to get on board for the tank ultimately did because they're like, all right, well we sucked out, but now we're getting a franchise player and Jack Eichel. And ultimately that's going to turn things around. And as that clearly didn't happen, I think that's when fans at some point were just like, you know, fuck this team. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, they're unlikable. It's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be bad and unlikable. And I felt mm-hmm. like this organ, not necessarily the team, but because it's not really the players as much, but certainly the organization just got to a point where it was, uh, it was completely unlikable, but yeah. All right. I, anyway, so here's what I'll do. I'm gonna take a real quick break. I'm going to come back. We're talking about things that really might not be sustainable to winning. I got something I want to ask you about that. I think might be sustainable with this year's Sabres. I'll ask you that right after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden, Casual Friday, winning 4-1-1 one, one every six games. Neither of us think that's sustainable. But 
you know, and, and some of the starts that some of these guys are off to, maybe they're not sustainable either. Like, hashtag Craig Anderson looks phenomenal right now. But <laughs> more on him in a second. But one thing I feel like, from what I've seen, and again, I'm not the most knowledgeable heck hockey fan on earth, but this line of Tage Thompson, uh, Rasmus Asplund, and, and Victor Olofsson, I like that line a lot, man. They look mm-hmm. really good out there. Olofsson's got four goals already. Three of them are even strength goals, too. I mean, I remember countless conversations with you last year. He was a horrible five-on-five player. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's better. That whole line, Tage Thompson moving to center, I, I was very skeptical of it. But early returns, I mean, he looks pretty good there. This line looks really good. Do you think this is a line that could stay together and, and be good for quite a while? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, the, you know, they're all signed or they're all like, they're all they're all good to go. Like, they're not, none of these guys are getting moved anytime soon, you know? Right. Um you know, Olsen's getting paid the most on that line. And, you know, he's the guy that can fill the net. So that's good. And, you know, you got Tage where it's, you know, he's got the whole O'Reilly trade albatross hanging around his neck. And, you know, to to his credit, the team is stuck with him and been like, listen, dude, we're, we're going to figure it out here for you. Like we believe in what you're going to do. And I know, and I know a lot of fans and even, you know, some of us in the media are probably a lot skeptical. Like, I don't know, man, like, there's a way that they seem to wanted him. They they wanted him to play before, that wasn't working. But maybe Don's figured out the the right way to get him to work out correctly. And then you've got Asplund, who his 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 ride through Sabres fandom has been very odd. Because I remember when uh, when Buffalo, he, I mean, they traded up to get him in the second round in 2016, and that was the Dmitry Kulikov trade where they got Dmitry Kulikov. Who the hell did they send to Florida? Oh, they sent Mark Pesek to Florida. That was that deal. Yes. Mark Pesek, who's back and playing fantastic for the Sabres. Um, but they sent Pesek to, to Florida. They swapped picks. The Sabres moved up and they picked Asplund early in the second round. And it was just kind of like, oh, okay. And like, you know, I remember all the stuff scouting him. I was like, this guy might be, might be able to be a player here. And it looked a little rough the last couple of seasons with Buffalo because he, you know, they're playing him at center and he seemed to like playing center and then they stopped playing him at center and they put him on the wing and it's, he seemed to really struggle with that. And was just kind of like, all right, here we got it. Here we go with, again, with not knowing where to put a guy that, you know, forward to putting him in the, in the right spot, but him on the left side, man, he's been a classic dog on a bone player. Like he gets at the puck. He four checks like a maniac. He's always around the net. He, you know, we, we kidded around last year because he shot like 25% or something like that. And it was like 25, 30%. And we're just kind of like, well, we know that's not going to keep up, but like, I don't know if all you do is just hop on rebounds and cash in on that. Okay. Like the, the other two guys in the line are going to do more of the shooting than he will. Like you just need him to be around the net and be a pain in the ass in defense. And that's what he's doing. And the, the style of pl- uh, hockey that they're playing where it's, you know, it's pressure all over the ice he's even more valuable for that because that's the kind of stuff where he really feeds off of it. So it, the line's really clicking. I, I, I like how they're doing it. I want to, the thing, the thing that makes this team more interesting to me is that the way these guys are playing, I want to see them against some really good lines. I want to see them against these really good teams and see how they hang, see how they hang in with it. Obviously it didn't go great against Boston. Uh, and now to be fair, to be very fair, the Marchand Bergeron Pasternak line has been the best line in the NHL the last three, four years. Like they have a bet, you know, if they have a bad night and can't control that line, well, so is every line the Sabres have ever put out against them and ever, you know, most lines in the NHL. Like 
Pasternak scores 40 goals a year. You, what are you going to do? You know, Bergeron's the, the best two-way center in the league. Marchand's freaking incredible and everybody hates him. Like it, it's, it's the perfect mix, perfect mix of, of like shit you want on a line. And if you get beat by them, okay, cool. You, you got beat by the best, but, but if you're able to hang in with them and you can, if you can drive them a little nuts, make them crazy, then you're doing all right. You're doing your job. But like, that's what, that's what I want to see them. That's what I want to see that line deal with specifically. Like when they go, when they go into LA, I want to see them deal with Kopitar's line. They go to San Jose. Uh, I don't know what their good line is. And same with Anaheim. Like, I don't know what those teams have right now. That's a, that's a good line. You know, Seattle, I want to see them deal with Everly's line. Like, I want to see how they handle the crowd in Seattle most more than anything. But, but like, yeah, that line, that line's at least piqued my curiosity with, with what they're doing. I'll tell you, man, too. And I don't, you know, it's easy to say that their win loss is not going to be sustainable, obviously. But that doesn't mean we can't give credit to mm-hmm. how they're playing early on. I don't care what kind of shape Tampa's in right now. That's an impressive victory. They kicked their ass oh, yeah. Monday. Well, at least on the scoreboard, five to one. And yeah, I think Tampa's one of those teams that maybe early on they're not going to play very well. There's just some championship teams that just really aren't always that interested early, yeah. quite frankly, in the year. And they and they they know when it's time to turn up and and they're you know they're champions. They know when it's time to play hockey. And obviously that time's not right now. No. But to this day, <laughs> but let's give the Sabres some credit, man. I mean, that that's an impressive victory. Beating Tampa five to one at any time in the season, regardless of who they may or may not have in the lineup, regardless if it's in Tampa, Buffalo. Beating a team like that five to one to me is very impressive. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, again, I, I kind of said it jokingly, but for real though, man, Craig Anderson, man, through four games at least, he's been pretty sensational in that. Credit where it's due. And I quite literally laughed out loud when the Bills signed, signed or the Bills, Jesus Christ. When the Sabres <laughs> signed, I got the Bills on my mind. When the Sabres signed Craig Anderson, I laughed. I'm like, really? This is, really? This is mm-hmm. the goalie that they're going to run with, man? Dude's 3-1, and 1.76 one, mm-hmm. goals against, and a 9.44 save percentage. Again, as we tape this on Thursday afternoon, who knows? He might let in seven goals if he's playing tonight <laughs> against Anaheim. <laughs> he's been good. Hey, yeah. nothing else. You know, one-year guy, maybe he might have some trade value at at, uh, at the deadline at this point. You know, you know, it's it's funny about Anderson because uh, I talked to a couple of Washington people about him because he was with the Caps last year. He was basically their number three, number three goalie, and mm-hmm. people, you know, he was basically signed as like a super duper insurance need in case you know somebody goes down. Then at least they've got a nice backup. You don't have to worry about, you know, putting somebody who's maybe not as good. And then you got to keep running a guy, you know, the same guy out every night. But um, a lot of them figured like he was done because he didn't play great there last year. Like he played four games. He wasn't very good. And, you know, that's the Capitals. Like, how you you know, if you can't hang in, hang in, do well as, as a goalie with the Capitals. I'm like, I don't know, man, might be time. But like, dude, like he's he's very serious about goaltending like you see him play out there man he's 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 barking at guys he, you know and i don't mean teammates he's barking at opponents and just being like you know hey get the hell out of my crease like you know pushing guys off of the blocker like he's not gonna fight anybody but like don't get in his house like stay out of his house and everything will be fine and he's had some really nice you know sneaky saves where you're just kind of like well, all right okay okay that's good that's good like to see that and you know like we said, it, 
944 ain't going to stay all season. Like, <laughs> it's just not, no. that's not how it's going to work. But like to have a guy that's a steady Eddie veteran like him, who you know exactly what you're, what he's capable of, you know exactly what you're going to get. And like, yeah, okay, he's 40, fine. Like, whatever. Like, you, you're not going to start him 70, 70 games in the season. Like, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to do that. But like, if you're, you know, as long as Tukarski's playing well behind him, you could conceivably just, you know, run them like what, 55, like 55%, 35%, you know, or, you know, do it that way to just 60, 40, even cool. Like that makes everything easier for everybody. But like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's really nice to see because I've, I've like I've always liked Craig Anderson. I think that dude rules. Like he's always been underappreciated. He's always been a guy that's been under the radar. He's never at the forefront of your thoughts about when you think of like, you know, goalies that are playing well. And like, if you saw him near the top of, you know, top of the, the, the stats, you just be like, wow, that's weird. I never even thought about him. Well, you know, he's been on, pretty bad teams through most of his career. So like, he's always going to be a second thought. And like, even when he was backing up in Chicago, like that was, I think that was before Chicago even got good. Like guy's been around a little bit. So like he was around for those days, but, um, but this is, I, I don't know with the feel good aspect of this team. This is another feel good story. For, as far as I'm concerned, like this dude was, you know, a hair close to retiring. And instead he's just kind of like, all right, well, I'll go here. I'll be a mentor. I'll, you know, do what I can to, you know, to be a guy and, and do whatever. And if that means being the number one guy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, another promising thing too, not really, well, not Sabres related for now. Anyway, it's more Rochester Amherst related, but uh, two of their biggest prospects, JJ Baturka and, and Jack Quinn are off to really good statistical stuff. Now I haven't mm-hmm. watched any Rochester hockey, so I'm not going to comment on them, but they're, they're both playing well. And from people I've talked to, including yourself, it seems like it's only, at least with, especially with Paterka, it seems like it's just a matter of time before mm-hmm. he's up there. But, you know, those are two young guys, and you're looking for this pipeline. You're looking for more reasons for optimism to be excited about the Sabres. It feels like those these are two guys right now that add to those reasons to be happy and excited about this team. Yeah, and I, I think because a lot of people were very down about the Quinn pick, myself included. Like, I... I thought they made the wrong pick there. Um, but if that means they got to handcuff Paterka to him and they work out, cool. Like whatever it takes to make it work better, you know, whatever, whatever has to be done developmentally or whatever to, to make, to make both guys go fine. Like, I mean, if you, if you, if, if it was just, you know, putting Paterka on his own line and saying like, all right, buddy, go carry it. And, you know, if that worked great, cool. You know, if Quinn worked out better by himself with a, you know, on a different line, great, cool. But if you got them playing together and they're feeding off each other and they're, there seems to be some pretty good chemistry, at least you know some of the highlights I've seen of, of their goals, it's pretty damn good. And they've been playing very well. Like that's, I think that's the, the bigger part of it is that you've got those guys playing well. Rochester's going to have, they might have a tough time this year. I think in, generally, in general, the forwards have been doing okay. Their defense is not very good. And goaltending has been very bad, uh, which... I would be very concerned about because Uka Pekalukanen looks very bad right now. And I, th- part of that is because of the defense in front of him, but a lot of that falls on him. And that is a little worrying. You know, it's, it's early to be concerned, but you're, you're looking at his numbers or his goals against is over five, you know, save percentage is like 800. Yeah. That's not good. That's <laughs> not even, that's not even starting in the ECHL 
Like you can't, <laughs> you're, you're a backup in the ECHL with those kinds of numbers. So they can get him figured out and figure out what's going on there. And like, like, you know, we've talked about him before and like his, his development's gotten all sorts of, you know, bumped around and truncated and seems like up. a zigzags. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough to say, but yeah, if, if Paterka and Quinn can do this for all season, like if they can be like this kind of like one, two punch on that line. Good. <laughs> Cause then you, then you figured out what's what, what you can do with these guys. I, mean, well, I don't, think, I I don't mean, think it was more of a question. I don't think it was a question with Paterka. It's definitely a question with Quinn. Yeah. And through, well, I mean, it's a small sample size, four games of Rochester, yeah. but Quinn's already got four goals and three assists. So he's got seven points in, mm-hmm. in four games with Rochester and Paterka's got a goal and four assists through his first four games. You know, I, I, I keep thinking in my mind, two young guys, you want to attach them. You want to keep them together. You can put them on the same line. Boy, oh boy, do I know a guy who played center last year for the Sabres is with the Florida Panthers <laughs> right now. That would be a really nice guy to have centering those. See, by the way, Florida's seven and oh, they might never lose a game at that first round pick that the Sabres are getting next year. I think that's going to be a pretty goddamn low pick, man. Florida's <laughs> good. They're good. Yeah. Uh, people, Florida gets forgotten about a lot. Just because it's Florida, you know, like nobody's ever thinking, "Oh, the Panthers, look out for the Panthers." Nobody's saying that in hockey ever. But like the way they played last year, I was like, "Well, that's pretty good. They did pretty well last year." And then they added Reinhardt and they added a couple other things. You know, it's like they might win the division now, <laughs> like you know, because you're like Tampa, you got to think they're going to lose a little bit off the fastball. Like two straight Cup winning years. Like at some point, so at some point, the partying catches up to you, and you know you can't get fired up in you know yeah. in enough time for the playoffs like you just might be kind of casually just being like yeah all right whatever and toronto boy the leafs look bad leafs look yeah. freaking awful like the, i mean they play chicago wednesday night which was like the uh, that was like the dirt bowl like that was the dirt stanley cup right there like both teams are disgustingly terrible this year and toronto barely beat them <laughs> like chicago got their first lead of the season of the season when they scored first against Toronto, like Jesus Christ, man, like that's <laughs> abysmal. But like, who would have thought that the Leafs losing Freddie Anderson, who was a contributing reason why they got bumped in the first round of the playoffs or didn't even make the first round of the playoffs the last few years was the MVP. He was the guy holding it together because he's now the starter in Carolina. Carolina's undefeated. Like, okay, neat. Like, like, but like things are, I mean, again, it's the first two weeks of the season. Everything's up in the air. Like teams that are, teams that are supposed to be good are playing like shit. Teams that are supposed to be shit are playing good. Fine. Yeah, but Florida's like, already, I mean, it's only two but like weeks. Florida's 7-0. Like they're was, way ahead. They already, they already got a five point lead in their division in the Atlantic. We're only two weeks into the season. Florida's, By the way, Detroit, Detroit right now is in second place in the uh, Atlantic division. Florida's, well, Florida's going to be a monster all year. Yeah. Like, and Reinhardt's a big contributor to that, but like having Barkov and Huberto and Spencer Knight's now the number one goalie, probably because, and Sergei Bobrovsky's making 10 million a year and he's the, he's the backup now because you can't trust him. Like, okay. Cool. I'll never, I'll never, ha- I'll never hate on Sam Reinhardt. I'll never be one of those fans like, fuck him. He didn't want to be here. He, he should have wanted to be here. I'm happy he for him. He did want to be here though. I know he, he under he different circumstances, right? And Sabres yeah. screwed it up twice. They did. They did. And again, I hope he tears shit up. Uh, with Florida. We talked about this briefly, or not briefly, we talked about it last week. I at least want to touch on it. If there's one thing one week later about this team that is disappointing to me, and it's got nothing to do with the team, it's got to be with the people who are paying money to go watch them play, 
They've had five home games now. Five of their first six games mm-hmm. have been at home. They've still yet to get 8,500 fans into, into this arena for a home game. You would think, all right, well, they won their first three, and, and then they, um, you know, an overtime loss against New Jersey. But still, they go into that game, Tampa, Monday. that was on a Monday. I think it was on Monday night, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, they're playing this back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. There's not really anything going on. Bills are on a bye week, and they still only pulled 7,400 fans. That's uh, That's a little disappointing. This team's good right now, or at least their record says that they're good right now. They're playing hard. They're competitive. They're fun to watch. I think fans are starting to be interested in reading articles from noted hockey about them again. Whereas a year ago, they might not have even given a shit about any of that. Like, just no, they, I don't want to know nothing on. about this team. You're reading the articles. I think fans are starting to, to read the tweets and, and mm-hmm. things about that. And they're starting to watch the games probably on TV. But the one thing they're not really doing yet is going physically to the games. And, uh, yeah, you know, hot start. Not even 8,500 fans. And I get there's a myriad of reasons why. And we've talked yeah. about that. But that is a little bit disappointing. By the way, their only road game to this point before tonight's game against Anaheim, they were in New Jersey. And they had over 13,000 fans in New Jersey. Still haven't hit 85 yet mm-hmm. in Buffalo. That's a, that's disappointing. Uh, I I think in, without understanding the circumstances, it's very disappointing. But again, like I think if they were immediately selling games out after winning their after, you know, starting off like three, four and oh, I think that would make I think that would make the Sabre I think that would make Sabres fans look worse. Honestly, yeah. because they've drawn the line in the same like they had eight thousand for opening night. Opening night they had eight thousand. Like that's never I can't remember that ever happening here. Like even like the you know, the the bankrupt eras, the early two thousands, I don't even know if they they dipped under 8,000 or dipped under 10,000 for those games. This is like a whole other thing. This is people being like, you gotta, you gotta earn it, man. Like you gotta make us want to buy tickets. Like, I mean, it's like, as you know, as uh, John Vogel wrote uh, after the last preseason game where, you know, they had what they, they announced it at like 6,000, I think was, was the announced or like, and they're like, yeah, well, that's, that's how many tickets were sold. They're like, yeah, well, everybody who gets season tickets gets a ticket to the preseason games because that's part of the package. And it's like, are you telling me they only have 6,000 plus season ticket holders now? And it's like, that's a wake up call, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's a huge wake up call. So to me, that's, I mean, this is a team that what five years ago, they, they had a list, like they had a waiting list. And I think it was two years ago that they finally no longer had a waiting list because people I know that were on the waiting list were getting calls and they're just like, no, I don't know. This team stinks. I don't want it. I don't want but I'm not dropping thousands of bucks to go, you know, watch this team. Sorry, not happening. People walked away, man. Like, I get it. I I will never shame a fan for for being like crossing their arms and just being like, prove it, man. You gotta you gotta win me back. Like, I will never blame fans for that. But like if they can get to a point this season where the wins are consistent, the entertainment is constant. And if they start getting a creeping back up over 10,000, you know, get to 12, 15, you know, maybe, maybe you can get 19, maybe you can get 19,000, sell it out. Maybe, I don't know, but like, that's a, that's a big mountain to climb right now because there, there's a lot of stuff they got to weather yet. And there's, they, like I said, they got to prove it. And people are sore at the owners. It's crazy that they're sore at the owners for the Sabres but they're praising the shit out of them for the bills, which is, <laughs> blows my mind. It's, it's the same people like figure it out guys. Good point. We're going to take one more real quick break. Then we're going to come back and I want to, I got one bills 
topic to talk about. Not so much even the Bills. I want to talk about the AFC. And then we're going to finish starting five draft. This week is Halloween week. We're going to do favorite Halloween treats slash candies that we used to go out trick-or-treating for, whatever. So we'll be right back after the break, and I'll talk about that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So the Buffalo Bills did not play this past week. They're back in action this week against a very down and out divisional rival, Miami Dolphins Sunday in Orchard Park. Here's my thought on the AFC right now. And I really, this has come to like, they're, Every team in this conference has at least two losses. So there's nobody who's in firm control of this conference whatsoever. Now, the Bills, again, didn't play last week. We heard that all the talk on ESPN two weeks ago that the Bills are the best team in the AFC. They go out, they lose to Tennessee. And if it wasn't Buffalo, we heard a lot of talk about the Chargers. And the Chargers went out two weeks ago and they got beat up badly by the Baltimore Ravens. This past week, after the Bills lose, after the Chargers lose, we hear that the Ravens are now the class at the AFC. And what happens? They play at home against Cincinnati and they get their asses smacked by the Cincinnati Bengals on their own home field. So who knows about them? The Tennessee Titans are 5-2. and two. They look really, really good. But I still can't get over the fact that they lost a couple weeks ago to the New York football Jets, man. The Kansas <clears throat> City Chiefs have just been a complete train wreck. They're 3-4. and four. So you got the Bills at 4-2. You got the Chargers at four and two. You got the Ravens at five and two. You got the Titans at five and two. You got the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe it's time to start taking them serious because I'll tell you what, they're five and two. Again, they smack Baltimore. They should be six and one because we're enough for their kicker. They should have beat Green Bay a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And then you got the Raiders who are five and two, but I don't think anybody believes long term in the Las Vegas Raiders. But at the end of the day, they're five and two. This is a conference. That legitimately, man, every single team that I just named at least has the potential to come out because there's mm-hmm. not, even the Chiefs at this point, if they could figure out some, I doubt it, but if they could somehow figure out how to play a little bit of defense and not turn the ball over so much, you can't count them out. Their offense is loaded and proven. Man, dude, there's like seven teams at least. And I didn't even mention the Cleveland Browns, by the way. You know, they're mm-hmm. four and three and they got a lot of talent at least anyway. This is a wide open conference right now. Wide open conference. I think it's very important for the Bills to go on a, a winning streak. And it feels like a really good time because they're playing Miami, Jacksonville, the Jets, and Indy over over the next four weeks, man. Win those games. Get home field. I think home field is going to mean a lot in the playoffs. I mean, it always does. But especially this year. There's just no one beast of the East. If, mm-hmm. if You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I I got caught off very I got caught very off guard by the Bengals just Me too. rampaging over the Ravens yep. last week because I mean yeah I just and watched, I watched the Bengals. that game I watched that game it was as lopsided as you would think mm-hmm. with the score yeah yeah and like I watched the Bengals you know dance all over the Lions the week before which like listen everybody's everybody's doing it. it's like okay beat somebody else like beat some beat somebody who doesn't have a, you know beat somebody who has a win at least 
and then they stomped all over the Ravens. Like that was that was Joe Joe Burrow looked friggin' great. They had Lamar Jackson like stuck. Like he like I mean situations where he should have been running, he was still holding in the pocket. And then situations where he run, they had somebody right on top of him. Like I, the, the, it's not just the offense for the Bengals. The defense done pretty, pretty good. Good pass rush. Good yeah. pass rush. They were, they were all over Lamar Jackson last week. All over. But like, but like the, you know, I look at, you know, I look at Cleveland and like, you know, Mayfield's got the, the torn labrum in his shoulder. And like, he's got the, the other, not his throwing shoulder, but like the other shoulders, a mess. Uh, like that's not great. Um, you know, Baltimore, uh, Bal- all these teams have had flaws shown to them very directly. Like, I mean, yep. every, every team's got at least one loss where it's just kind of like, how'd that happen? Like, you know, Titans have the Jets loss. Like that's the Jets only win this year. Bills have the, the, the Steelers loss where you're just like, really those guys and the Steelers are somehow three and three, like, okay, great. Like that's, that's cool. They're still like very much in the division race there, even though they're, Technically, on last, I guess, you know, the Ravers, uh, Raiders have had a bad loss. Chargers have had a bad loss. Chiefs have had a couple of bad losses. Denver's still fake, as far as I'm concerned. They, they're bad. Yeah, they're frauds. They're they'll they're, they'll finish. They'll be one of the worst teams in the AFC. I think when it's all said like, and done this year. But like when I look at it, like Buffalo, I think Buffalo's got the Buffalo's got the division locked. I don't care. The Patriots are three and four. They're not good. They're no good. No, they're I mean, they're scoring a bunch of points. But like, come on, I mean, let's get real here. They're they're not very good. Um. And then, like, you look at the South, like, the Titans got to deal with the Colts, but, like, the Colts look like crap. Wentz looks terrible. Um, you know, I don't, I think they're really inconsistent, but, like, I don't know. Tennessee's kind of showed their ass a couple of times. So, I don't know. If the Colts keep hanging around, I wouldn't doubt Frank Reich getting them coached up to, to be able to make that a, make that an interesting race in, the, in that division. But, like, this is really close. Like, I, I'm, I hate parody because I'm, I'm always in the mind of, like, let great teams, if you can build a great team, let them keep it. You know, let them keep it as long as they can and just dominate the world and just go crazy. Like the stuff from the 80s and the 90s, like, you know, Niners being great for a while, you know, the Giants, you know, the Bears had the little bit of run. The AFC, you know, the Bills dominated the AFC for, for you know, for, you know, half a decade. You know, the Cowboys did their stuff. Like all these teams of people are just like, I don't like the same team winning all the time. And now it's like, now you don't know who the hell's going to make the playoffs. You have no idea. Like fluky shit happens. And like sometimes a good team ends up either on the outside or they're, you know, they're buried. Like they're, they got to go on the road the whole year. Then if they go on a run and it's kind of like, wow, I can't believe they did it. Really? This team with all these great players that had a, a very subpar regular season goes on a rampage to the playoffs and goes deep. Wow, I never would have expected it. Wow. Weird. Yeah. Like that kind of, like that kind of stuff drives me. It's great for stories. Great for drama, but like get lost. Like I, I think you could pick out. I think you could pick out three of the playoff teams right now in the AFC. And I think, I think, I think Buffalo, I think Baltimore, and I, I, I want to say, I want to say Cincinnati so bad, but like Cincinnati's got such a checkered, awful history of just folding up badly. And like a quarterback going down, like Carson Palmer getting his knees folded up by the Steelers. Like, I'm just waiting for the next time Cincinnati plays the Steelers and some D tackle comes rolling through. Oh no, I've ripped Joe Burrow's leg right off of, off of him. Oh, I can't believe it happened. And then, Cincinnati's dead forever. Like that's 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 the kind of shit that happens to the Bengals. But like, I, but like those three teams, I believe I believe they're the best right now. That, I mean Tennessee, I should believe in Tennessee. Like Tennessee's probably going to make the playoffs because the division stinks. Like, I guess I should chalk them into it too. But do I believe in them? No. 
I'm not like if you if I you know if I pull their name out of a hat to, for a win the Super Bowl draw, am I feeling good about it? No. Yeah. No. Like uh, there's there's a handful of teams whose name I could pull out of that hat and say, yeah, okay, I got a chance to win this. Tennessee ain't one of those teams. I think. Well, and and I'm not saying this to be a homer. I do think the Bills do have the the best team in the AFC from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to add a caveat to that in, in, in a second. I, When I look at the Chargers and when I look at the Bengals, they're good teams. I think they're both going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're championship teams yet because mm-hmm. I feel like they're kind of like Buffalo a couple of years ago with Josh Allen, you know, with Burrow and with Justin Herbert. I think they're going to look really good, just like Josh did in 2019 at times, but they're going to have hiccups and they, and they got to suffer – they got to suffer a little bit more. Like Darcy Ruggiero said, suffering. You know, the Bills had the, they lost that game to Houston in the playoffs. I could mm-hmm. see that happening with both those teams. Um, I, I just, I don't know why. Maybe I should give the Raiders more respect, but I don't. You know, I think the Chiefs are done. I think that I've heard things about the Chiefs. I can't really say without giving more people know where, where it was coming from. I heard that it's not a great environment there right now. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. Okay. So between that and the, and just a horrifically bad defense. I think the Chiefs are done for this year. I really do. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the Colts, I think the Colts got a really balanced team, man. They, they're good on offense. They're good on defense. It's a matter of Carson Wentz could play well. The two teams that concern me the most for the Bills are the Ravens because mm-hmm. they're battle-tested. They've been to the playoffs three years in a row. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a former MVP. Despite playing like shit on Sunday, he's played at an MVP level this year. They got a good defense. They obviously Lamar Jackson. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball too. He is throwing the ball better. And uh, actually, I, I can I'm concerned about the Titans. Having said that, I think their secondary stakes. And again, I mm-hmm. I said the Titans were overrated. If you remember our season preview, I was yes. like, you know, they're going to be overrated. And I still feel that way for the most part, especially because again, I don't believe in their defense much. But I will say this. Styles make fights or sometimes matchups are just bad. The Tennessee Titans are a bad matchup for the Buffalo Bills because for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, you got, of course, Derrick Henry, but the Bills just can't get to Ryan Tannehill. And that concerns me. Maybe if Tennessee played eight of these other teams, I wouldn't be concerned about it. But Tennessee scares me the way the Bills two years in a row just not have matched up well against them. And when I said the Bills, I think are the best team in the AFC, but with a caveat, here's what I meant. I do think they have the best roster in the AFC. For I think they have the most balanced offense, defense, mm-hmm. special teams. However, what I did not like even two weeks later about that Tennessee loss, the pass rush. They the pass rush was non-existent, and I'm going to tell you right now, Joe Rizzo and, and Hughes and these other guys getting after the quarterback. They better find a way because if they don't, this defense is nowhere near as good as being like they're their number one defense in the NFL is right now. But straight up, they beat up on some chumps. They, mm-hmm. they played really good against the Chiefs, who are a very dangerous offense, and they played like shit against Tennessee. When they're playing these teams that we're talking about, if they can't get a pass rush, and they didn't have any pass rush against the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. that is going to be the problem. Obviously, in injuries and COVID, that's always going to be like the number one X factor. But for the Buffalo Bills right now, without question to me, right after that is the pass rush. They better have a good pass rush mm-hmm. going into the playoffs and in the playoffs, or they're not going to beat these teams. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, the the pass rush makes the linebackers look a lot better. 
And that was everyone. You sure? Well, yeah, it makes everybody better because it just makes it easier for everybody else to play. Yep. But the thing about the Titans that, and I, I would, if I was one of these video nuts that goes back and watches countless game tape and just goes over everything, I would be looking very hard and very closely at how the Bills defense reacts to the threat of Derrick Henry constantly because that entire game, that entire game that Monday night, they were terrified of Henry yep. the, the whole game. And like they gave him ultimate respect, which I mean, you know, hey, you got, I mean, plus, I mean, he did bust the 70 yard run out on him early. Like that's, that's a reason to be worried, but it, it allowed Tannehill to play action them to death. Absolutely. Because every time he dropped back and acted like he was going to hand off, the linebackers bit on it and jumped in because they're like, shit, we're not, we're not going to get beat by this guy. And what happened? Those receivers kept sink, you know, flying out behind from where the linebackers were. Easy, easy peasy, one, two, three, easy. You got 15 yards on a pass. Like they, that's all he did the whole game was run crossing routes where the linebackers were, you know, should have been, but like they had to respect Henry so much. And like that's, that's that's the thing with them that you got to worry about because if Henry gets going, like if you keep stuff in the run and you make them have to throw every down, that's 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 how you roll. That's how you roll Tennessee, and that's what the Jets did. Jets got in the backfield, like they they screwed Henry that whole game, and then they had that one that one kid on the DN had a, an unbelievable game. He was in the backfield every friggin' play. Tennessee didn't know how to handle that. So like if you ha- if you force Tennessee have to throw all the damn time, bad news, man. Like they they cannot they are not great at pass blocking. Like run blocking is how they, is how they do their shit. And if, and if they're play actioning you to death, you're playing right into their hands. Agreed. A hundred percent. Leslie Frazier kind of uh, alluded to that on, on Thursday. In fact, as we we're taping this earlier, he had a press conference and he said they were a little, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but they were a little too concerned about Henry and they, mm-hmm. they were, they were playing gearing up too much to stop him. And that allowed them to give up other stuff. And, and it showed it was terrible. It'll be fun to see over the next, you know, course of whatever amount of weeks, see if one or two of these teams start to kind of separate themselves from the pack. And obviously Buffalo with an easy schedule, by the way, for the most part, mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. That game at Tampa in December, that's going to be the only game that they're going to be underdogs the rest of the season. I'm paid. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be fun. Next week, we'll have a game to talk about again. They're playing Miami. One loss. Miami's dead. They're, they're, they're toast. Um. You know, there's no there's no excuse to to not be talking about a, a Buffalo Bills victory on the show uh, next week. All right, let's finish up with our starting five. Last week, I enjoyed last week. We did favorite Tom Hanks movies. I lost. I'm all right with that. I, I think it was a fair result. How, Sometimes how close was it? Because it was sixty forty, and so uh, it's a, I, maybe it could have been. That a was little a lead bit I expanded closer. on because I think the la- when I checked in the last time it was like fifty five forty five, and yeah, I was like, you ended up with sixty percent. You ended up, all right, so to recap, we drafted favorite Tom Hanks movies. Joe took Save It Private Ryan, uh, Apollo 13, The First Toy Story, Cast Away, Sleepless in Seattle. I took Forrest Gump, A League of Their Own, Big, The Money Pit, and Philadelphia. I'll tell you this, there wasn't a lot of criticism of of any of our picks, because these are all good movies, by the way. And there were plenty we didn't pick. The one that I think we got the most heat for was one we didn't, which surprises me a little bit. We did mention it in passing. I expected it to be uh, the Green Mile, even mm-hmm. though we both agreed that Tom Hanks really wasn't the main guy in that right. movie. 
but it was actually bachelor party. A yeah. lot of people were bitching, man. We got <laughs> a lot were of pissed heat. about that. That was the most common tweet that we had or, or that I saw was that um, you know, we neither of us took bachelor party. Uh, I I don't want to say that one. You know, anything I did played horribly. I just think you know they they were pretty evenly matched, and people just thought your your yours were slightly better. Yeah. I obviously disagree. <laughs> I say, would, would you? Would, here's the, here's the discussion we always have. Would you have? Would, in retrospect, would you have changed out any of your picks? Um, no, no, because I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to, and this is why movies and music and TV and all this shit is, so, you know, I, we do subjective polls. Mm-hmm. These are literally opinions. They're not nothing yeah. factual about any of them. <laughs> I quite frankly, and I'm being completely honest with you here, I quite frankly did not like your picks. Yep. Like those movies were not, those movies were not amongst my favorite. In fact, I remember I, I said this last week. I, so I sometimes not always, but sometimes I rank like I'll put 10 of them in order on how I would take them. My big board, I call mm-hmm. it. And last week I did have saving private Ryan on there. But aside from that, the five that I took were five of my top six. None of the ones except for San Francisco. So Apollo 13, Toy Story 1, Castaway, and Sleepers in Seattle. None of those were in my top like seven or eight. So I got no one to blame except myself because I got the picks that I wanted. Very often, you know, I I can't think of anything specifically, but Mm -hmm. quite often you'll take something from under me that I really wanted to get with that next pick. Mm -hmm. Can't really blame that on this this draft. Yeah, you did that to me with a league of their own because I was like... Because I mean, like when it came to, it came to me, like my first two picks, Saving Private Ryan, Apollo 13, I have no regrets about that. I thought a league of their own might slip through. Yeah. And I was like, I was ready to pounce on that if you passed on it the next two picks. Cause I was like, I'm taking that and yeah. running with it. You know, but like I, you I, grabbed it immediately and I was like, oh, damn it. Okay. Like, cause I knew that could cost me. Yeah. You know, as I think about it now, you just asked me if I would do anything different based on the reactions that we got from fans. I would. The one thing I wish I would have done differently now, although I still like the money pit more personally, mm-hmm. but had I taken bachelor party instead of the money pit, maybe, you know, the poll would have been tighter. Maybe we'll see. Maybe. I don't know what could have been. But man? Like that, that, I think that was the poll where I think both of us got the most grief about, like we've had lots of contentious polls, but yeah. that one, like that one, I even told you like, uh, like a day later, I was getting really frustrated. <laughs> I was getting really frustrated because people weren't listening weren't listening to us going over and having the discussion. They were just right. seeing the raw picks and being like, how the hell do you not pick blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we I got to a point where I was like, please watch the pod or please listen. Please, please God, listen, listen to how we discuss this. Cause yes. I was getting so upset. And it, I like, it made me think like, do we have to like post like the draft results of like how we pick them in order? And I feel no, no, you have to listen to the pod to figure out how that works. <laughs> I liked I like the way we do it. So to recap, for anyone listening who's like, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? <laughs> Every week we do, because again, Barry McCockwitter might have brought some new fans here to the show. So anyway, every week Joe and I draft the starting five. We draft five. I put it on Twitter over the weekend, and you can go to my Twitter or to Joe's Twitter, and you vote for who you think has the better team. And then we talk about uh, the results. My goal is to fit it all because people have short attention spans, and they're not going to dig through threads and any of that shit. They want everything mm-hmm. on one thread. All right, here's your pick. Here's mine. This is the team I like better. And then they vote. But yes, that is frustrating. And we do get that every week and especially got it this week. So I actually think I agree with you. 
It may be it's hot very this annoying week. when people are like, <laughs> you think you're not take this or this and that. Like, well, if you listen to the show, you would know why, because, and again, a lot of people do listen to the podcast and go on and cast their vote or they cast their vote and they've listened to the show. But there are many people I'm sure who just see the tweet and they make their vote and they haven't listened to the podcast and they're not going to listen to the podcast. Yeah. That's frustrating because then there's not context provided for why we took some mm -hmm. or why we didn't. But anyway, I mean, that's kind of beyond our control. Just hope, hopefully more and more people continue to, to listen and vote. But anyway, all right. So this week is Halloween week. So it's only fitting and I'm sure, you know, and I like to feel like most of the things we do are kind of original. Like I don't, I don't see other people having drafts with Tom Hanks movies, for an example. Or Admitted, admittedly, the shitty quarterbacks between Kelly and Allen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so those are more on the original side. This is, admittedly, man, this is something, and I'm sure, in fact, I know WGR does it too. This is something just like kind of like turkey, you know, favorite Thanksgiving foods mm -hmm. or whatever. That's not original. This week's not really original either. No. It's best Halloween treats. All right. So we're basically just drafting our favorite candies that we like. Let's pretend we're still kids or shit, man. I'll go out tomorrow and go trick or treating <laughs> like things that I, when I go knock on your door and yell <laughs> trick or treat, I want you to put in my bag. All right. That's basically what we're drafting this week. Hollywood treats or Halloween treats, candies, whatever. All right. So I'm, I actually, I had the first pick last week because I took Forrest Gump, which mm -hmm. by the way, you, I think you were kind of right, by the way. You did say that you didn't think that movie aged well and that it might not resonate yeah. with fans. I think you have some validity to that. There was validity to that for sure. I think you might have been right. Anyway, that was my first pick. So you're going to pick first this week. Uh, number one with a bullet. I'm not going to waste any time. I'm not, I don't need to explain it. It's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Ah, fucker. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, because they, it's the one candy they don't make in a fun size. That it, like you get like it, you like, you never complain if you got like that one single peanut butter cup and you're like hell yeah I'm like that's that's what I'm looking for like yeah. people always bitch about like oh they, this place gives out like full candy bars just do that and it's like peanut butter cup you get one cool like you might get seven of them when you're going around the neighborhood and you're like god damn I just got like I just got like I got like four full Reese's like Reese's packs like this it's beautiful so that's that to me makes it it makes it the perfect candy but it's also the best. Yeah, it's also, I agree. It's, it's the greatest. That was my number one too, by the way. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I got the next. Yeah, two you now. got the next two, I was, man. I'm sitting there in dead silence. I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> are you going to screw me over twice? But you can only screw me once." Well, because I mean, you had I mean, the topic. I might. Depends on what you, you still might. Well, at least not for money, because my number two <laughs> with a bullet. My number one and number two with a bullet. Actually, my top three were pretty, pretty mm -hmm. cut and clear. And I feel like we're going to have disagreements. But not with the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup because I did nope. have that number one. Number two, number one for me is M&M's. The, the little packages of M&M's. Okay. I absolutely love M&M's. It's probably, well, it's my second favorite candy, obviously, in the world because I just submitted Reese's. Just regular ass M&M's or like? Regular M&M's. Brain, wow. you know, in the black package, regular M&M's. Milk chocolate okay. M&M's. Far and away, my second favorite candy. So that's one. And number two, well, we'll see. Butterfinger. I love getting Butterfingers for Halloween. <laughs> Quick, funny little side note. So growing up, my son growing up, we went, my, my wife and I have lived like all over the place in Western New York. And a tradition of ours was always to take our son trick-or-treating at his grandmother's house, which is in Lackawanna. She has a, mm -hmm. a nice quiet area, lots of families, lots of kids trick-or-treat. So every year we would bring them there. 
and he would go around the neighborhood and get all, you know, his candy and stuff like that. We would bring it back, go in the living room, open up his bag and would inspect his candy, you know, like most parents do. Right. And it, we called it a tax. His grandfather, every but <laughs> he, he taxed the Butterfingers. Whenever he got Butterfingers, his grandfather would take the Butterfingers for himself. And it kind of sucked for me because I fucking love Butterfingers. So he took them from me. But anyway, I absolutely love getting the little Butterfingers. So for me, M&M's and Butterfinger, two pretty clear-cut ones for me. Now you got two. Uh, I, I just want to let you know, you've, I've now been allowed to have my top three <laughs> and you're in trouble, pal. Uh, cause the next, <laughs> the next pick is Twix. Okay. Twix is again, perfect. It's a, it's everything. It's been, it's the whole point of an entire episode of Seinfeld. It's, it's a, just a, anybody who hates Twix, I have many questions for them. Mostly. Why do you hate yourself? Why do you hate life and why do you hate joy? Because the, you never go wrong with them. And, and I know they got all, all kinds of, you know, different flavor ones now. The peanut butter ones are pretty good, but the regular, like the normal ass caramel on a cookie covered in chocolate Twix is perfect. Okay. You'll never go wrong with that. And the other one is Snickers. Snickers yeah. in the fun size. Snickers is a whole ass bar. Doesn't matter. They're, they're outstanding. And I remember, and again, growing up, you mentioned the candy tax. My dad also had the candy tax too. <laughs> like, he'd just be like, oh, that's a lot of candy. I, I better take some of that. Then my mom would yell at him and be like, no, no, the candy's for the kids. And just, like, she didn't want my dad eating candy, like whatever. And what would he take? Snickers. All Like, he would pick out the, <laughs> the couple of the bite-sized Snickers. He'd grab a Milky Way. He'd grab, he'd grab a peanut butter cup, which I was like, Come on. Like that, that, that would make you mad, but like the Snickers automatic every time. So Snickers <laughs> is even still today, like never mind their, their commercials. The commercials are silly. The rappers are silly. Even still now, if I'm just kind of like, I want a candy bar, I'll grab a Snickers. Like that's, that's still, that's still the go-to. Funny. Uh, I, I swear to you, you're going to have to take my word for it that I'm not lying. If you went in my <laughs> kitchen cupboard right now, the one candy that I have are the fun size Snickers. Actually, you're in right now at this moment in my kitchen cabinet. It's the only, now don't get me wrong. It's not the only chocolate I like. I've, I, I would fill my entire kitchen with chocolate if I could. Mm -hmm. But that's the only one I currently have. So Snickers was, it was high on my list. Twix, I, you're half right. I don't hate <laughs> Twix, but I don't love Twix either. There's lots. I don't think Twix would even be in my top 10. No, but I'm just going to wow. be honest with you. And I, well, wow. I do hate my life and, and I do hate joy. So th those are fair questions. All right, but you don't enough. hate Twix though, right? I don't hate Twix. No, okay. I just think there's many candies that I enjoy more than them. That's and here comes two of them because I got, I got the next two. Mm -hmm. One of them that I love getting Halloween treats, Kit Kat. Love Good getting call. Kit Kats. Now, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups like you said, are, are, were also my number one. Mm -hmm. And because they were, like when I would get my bag, I would try to save on, I would save them for as long as possible. I would try to hold off on eating them. Kit Kats never made it past 10 p.m. on Halloween night. <laughs> Whatever amount of Kit Kats I got, those were always the first thing when I opened up my bag, I'd go through and eat. You get the two little mini ones, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the Halloween trees, and I, and I would just destroy those. Mm -hmm. So that's one. This one, I don't know how it's going to play with people, but this is one of those where this is the me, part where I'm, Pat is going to lose the poll. Probably <laughs> quite possibly because some people might like them. Some people might hate them. I don't think they're as popular as some of the ones that I haven't mentioned, 
peppermint patties. I absolutely love peppermint patties. I don't even, I don't know if you've had I like them, them too. The mint, the mint yeah. chocolate. Oh my God. Well, I do love them. And again, that was my, <laughs> that, it was my dad. Shout out to my dad. It was his favorite uh, candy in the world. I grew up liking them as well. Again, I don't have an expectation that that's going to play well. I, I'm admitting it, but I'm, I'm staying true to my roots with, uh, with that pick. So I'm I comfortable that. doing it. No, you know, patty, man. I may not agree with your picks, but I respect them because yeah. at least you're not picking like you're not picking like candy apples or some shit like that. Where no. I'd be like, dude, just hand in your card. Like just hand no, it in no, right no, now. No, 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 no. Um, so my yeah. last my last two picks. Mm-hmm. Uh the first one, and this is where I win John Vogel's vote, and I think everybody's everybody else's vote. It's a it's the take five. Okay. Good one. The, ta- good the pretzel, one. the chocolate, the the stuff in it, like that's a good one. I know people get a little weird with, with pretzel and candy, but like take fives are friggin' great. That's an um, underrated one. I, I, I feel comfortable with my other picks that I feel like I can go a little bit off the board. Oh. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go back on the board with this one, Milky Way. I, I'm Milky, just looking at that. I lo- uh, like sometimes you don't want peanuts in your candy bar, in your Agreed. Snickers. And then you're like, hey, Milky Way hits the spot. That's exactly what I wanted. And that's, that's what does the trick, man. It's again, it's simple and it's perfect. God damn it. I was, (laughs) I was, I swear to you, see, unlike the Tom Hanks ones where I was getting everything I wanted, I really, I really, really wanted Milky Way. That would have been a perfect fifth pick for me. I I have to, if I'm going, if I'm going to stick with my rankings, I don't feel great about this one either, but Uh I love it. I'm going to pass over three musketeers. I'm going to go with Nestle Crunch. I I love the little Nestle Crunches. I think those are really good. Um, I I really don't have much to offer about them. I mean, (laughs) it's not a unique candy by any means, but it's fifth. It's the highest that's left on my board. Let me recap these, and then we'll talk about a couple either, like maybe honorable mentions. I'm going to tell you a couple that I hate. So like they could, we could have, <laughs> we could have drafted 50 candies and I would have taken any of these. But anyway, yeah, we could have, we could have done a hated candy poll. And I think that would have been. Let's that do. Would have, that you know would... what? I'm going to run off a couple <laughs> that a lot of people might bitch about, but I feel very confident. Then I'll recap our shit afterwards. Candies I hate. Candy corn. I hate candy oh, corn. Terrible. I I hate junior mints. A lot of people yeah, might say those. Pointless. I hate milk duds. Same. I hate, pointless. I I hate Skittles. And I know that that will be unpopular. That's an unpopular mm. opinion. You know what else I hated as a kid? Money. Remember when we used to go out? Oh, you get pennies. You get pennies or nickels or maybe someone throw you a quarter or whatever. You're a kid. You don't give a fuck about getting money, man. You I got pennies candy. in the bag. I was drop. I pick them out of the bag and drop them on the ground. And be like, here's some good <laughs> luck for somebody. <laughs> I get was lost. looking like I was looking at, at rankings and lists, like you know, favorite Halloween treats and stuff, and. I see, I see money right there. I'm like, fuck that. I hated getting money, man. No. Are there I can't any... eat money. I can't buy right. stuff with a penny. Any money, right. And again, you took Milky Way out from underneath me. Three Musketeers is one that I, I strongly did consider. Mm. And I also used to like getting suckers, lollipops, but I, I, I didn't pick them. You got any that, like that to- we like haven't a really talked pop about? Or just like a regular ass lollipop? Oh, you know what else too? No, that wasn't really a treat. I was going to say those, what do you call it? That real flavor oh, shit with the stick. Fun dip? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I didn't hate those, but that, that wasn't really that common. My, I don't my mom hated every time 
my sister, I, my sister, and I came home with like got the fun dip stuff in our bag. She'd be like, "Oh, that stuff's it's just sugar." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. You get a mm-hmm. stick of hard sugar to dip, like to lick, and then dick into or to dip into other sugar to eat more sugar. Like it's right. pixie sticks too. It was just like <laughs> open it up here, swallow a bunch of sugar. Cool, <laughs> I love it. It's great." Um, any that any we missed any 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 other thing out there? Uh, nothing, nothing sticking out to me. But like stuff I hate. Like some reason people would have Necco wafers as mm-hmm. a giveaway, and those are the most disgusting things I've like. Some of the most disgusting candy, and those things my dad loved. So like if those were if we got those in the bag, I'd put take them out and just be like, here you go. And he'd be like, oh wow, you don't want these? Nope, <laughs> all yours. Smarties, I, Smarties are in the same boat too. Yeah, because it's yeah. they're pointless. Like, it's just like eating like flavored chalk, and <laughs> like it's not even a satisfying amount. Like you're just kind of like, all right, well, neat, great. This sucks. I, I don't like I it. Like, you know what else I forgot about Tootsie Rolls? I didn't like Tootsie Rolls, man. Just, and I still don't. It just sticks to your teeth. I my father loved Tootsie Rolls, so I I would give them those. Those sketched me out because I. <laughs> Because they always put the fear into you, like, oh, your candy might have like razor blades or you know needles in it. Tootsie rolls, I always assume were the ones that the people were sticking shit into because you'd never find it because you'd be chewing through that for a half hour before you got stuck in the mouth with a razor blade, and you'd be like, you would just blame it on the Tootsie roll and be like, I hate these candies; these are terrible. Like, why? Why is my mouth bleeding? Oh my god, this this is awful. But like, they used to have like not just like the little bite sized ones; they used to have like a whole fucking bar of them, and it's like. <laughs> I'm gonna do with this, like taking like tobacco chaw and just like chewing off nubs of like sticky ass chaw. Like, fuck off. I don't need that, man. It's like taking it's like taking it's like taking milk duds and making it a whole ass candy bar, which I remember it is like a sugar daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Those things, those things suck too. Like, oh <laughs> it's like all the candy from like the 30s and 40s that like made it somehow survived and made it into like the like the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It was just like how the hell did you eat this stuff growing up? Yeah. Like, this, this is awful. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, uh, so this topic didn't end up being, again, it's not an original topic by any means, but this was fun to talk about because as we're doing this, I, a lot of shit popped in my head, whether it was me growing up <laughs> as a kid or again, my taking my son out trick or treating or whatever. This was a lot of fun. Let me recap the ones that we actually did take the draft. All right. So Joe took Reese's peanut butter cup, Twix, Snickers, Take five, Milky Way. I took M&M's, Butterfinger, Kit Kat, Peppermint Patty, Nestle Crunch, and guess what? Pat's in trouble. You're, you're Pat's a Pat's in trouble, out. man. You're Pat in deep is trouble. In, I am. I'm in trouble. I am uh, I am anticipating uh, an L. <laughs> it's going to be a beatdown. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating an L, man. I, I think it's going to be a matter of, of how close does it end up being, but... I really don't think you have any, like, I think peppermint patty could really hurt me. Um, Butterfinger second overall, that may, that might be a reach. People like, people like Butterfinger, that but that, that might be a reach. So yeah, I don't think you have any pick that anyone's really going to tear apart. Uh, you know I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm planning the parade. Uh, I've got the, <laughs> I've got the route already planned out. Just like um, the Sabres, you're putting season tickets or playoff <laughs> tickets on sale in October because the Sabres are four, one and one. The difference is I have confidence that I that I'm going to win in this one. I not, not with the Sabres. By the way, you said Skittles. You hate Skittles. I was firmly a very pro Skittle person until they switched green to green apple. 
Like it went yeah. from lime to green apple. But now that like it took them eight years, but they finally switched back to lime. Now I'm like, all right, okay, we're back to normal. This is fine. <laughs> like every time they force like green apple flavors and get out of here, please. <laughs> that and like normal Skittles, great. Sour Patch Kids, also great. Like that's more recent because like I bought candy to give out to kids in the neighborhood here. And like I had, I think I had Twix and and Sour Patch Kids in the bowl. And kids were coming up like, oh my God, Sour Patch Kids. They were they were friggin' psyched. And I was just like, we hardly get anybody coming by. And I was just like, here, just take take whatever you want out of the bowl. And kids were just like handfuls right in the bag. I was like, good, get rid of it. I don't need it. <laughs> Let me throw out our Twitters here as we wrap up this show. You can go on either to vote. Mine is at Pamoran Tweets, of course. Joe's is at Joe Yurden. So go on there, vote for your favorite. Also, again, and I'll put a link as well in the show notes. Make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to Noted Hockey on Substack. Signups right now are free. Joe's pounding out some good content, including the latest, by the way, as we're taping his thoughts, thoughts, and more thoughts, which essentially I like to call it a smattering of thoughts. When I used to the blog, I used to love doing like columns like that. Just a, a bunch of, sometimes you don't need to write 1,500 words about one specific thing. Sometimes you just want to talk about a bunch of different things. This was a fun read. I, I read it before we started taping. Really good shit. So make sure, again, you go on there, subscribe. Is that notedhockey.substack.com? I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thanks as always, brother. This was, it's always fun. And again, the Sabres now, Sabres after dark, four game uh, Western road trip. So come next week. Who knows? I, I don't I don't know what to expect when it comes to the Sabres and what we'll be talking about, but I'm sure it'll be fun to do it with you, man. Thanks as always for joining. Thanks for having me. And it's always a joy to do this, especially when I can beat the pants off you in a, in a poll. 